Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Hey gang, five questions. Five questions. Question number one. Right now, do you think the state of moral values in this country as a whole is getting better or getting worse? Question two. In general, do you think people today are a lot more honest, somewhat more honest, somewhat less honest, a lot less honest, or about the same as 20 years ago? Number three, do you think the human race is getting better or worse from the standpoint of moral conduct? Number four out of five, quote, dealing with moral breakdown of the country should be a, quote, top priority or important but lower priority of the government. And finally, do you think that Americans used to treat each other with more respect and courtesy in the past? Or is this just nostalgia? for a past that never existed. I'll bet you were a hell yeah for the answers most reflective of the idea that things used to be different. I mean, come on. You used to be able to trust a man's word. Back in the day, you didn't have to lock your doors. People didn't care for one another anymore. They don't these days. Am I right? Dr. Adam Mastriani says no. He's an experimental psychologist, the author of the science blog Experimental History, a piece that he has authored based on his Ph.D. dissertation published today at Smirconish.com. Here he is. Dr. Mastriani, thanks for being here. Congrats on the completion of your uh, Ph.D. What made you want to look at this subject? Thanks for having me. I think it was a, uh, a lifetime of hearing um, exactly the kind of quotes uh, that you just quoted, that, oh, man, people are real jerks today, but it used to be that you could trust someone's word, you could leave your doors unlocked at night, um, people got along, but they don't anymore. And I just started thinking, well, if that's true, that's the story of the century. Um, this is maybe the most important change that's happened in human history, and obviously it's a huge disaster, and we should do everything we can to reverse it, if it's happened. And so the first step was figuring out if, uh, if it actually happened. You know, it kind of reminds me in my world, which is mostly focused on politics, that every four years I hear this is the most important election of our lifetime. And I, and I find myself saying, how come exactly? Like, you told me that in 2016 and 2020, and now you're going to tell me again in 2024? Yeah, it, it kind of feels like we, uh, uh, you know, you've broken the glass on uh, the, the, the poll in case of emergency lever. Right. And when you keep pulling it over and over, it, we just start to realize, oh, this is just what life feels like. Uh, I mean, I remember uh, growing up when uh, apparently Obama was the Antichrist. Right. I was like, well, you can't get any worse than that. Uh, and so uh, and so, what do you claim next about the people that you don't want other people to vote for? Is this a uniquely American phenomenon that we long for the past because things used to be better? 
it would it would have made total sense if uh, this perception was based entirely on recent history in your country. Uh, but we found that across the world, majorities of people in every single country that's ever been surveyed agree that moral decline is a problem in their country. So this doesn't seem to be about what's happening now or what's happening recently. I think this is about what's happening in people's heads. Okay, but how do we know that we're not all right? Like the the people of Russia and India and South Africa and South America and everywhere in North America, Mexico, maybe we're all right. Maybe things have taken a turn for the worse. Why are you arguing otherwise? Because if it's true what people claim in our studies, that people are less kind than they used to be, honest, ethical, down the list, you should be able to find some evidence of it uh, in the archival data that we've been collecting for decades. These are surveys done where people are asked things like, were you treated with respect all day yesterday? Uh, in the past 12 months, have you looked after someone's mats or mail or uh, pets or plants while they're away? Um, have, uh, do you think that people are trustworthy? Or are they mainly looking out for themselves? If people are getting worse and worse year after year, we should see changes on those questions year after year. And we don't. Those are flat. In fact, we have pretty strong evidence on uh, over 100 surveys uh, that people's, uh, when people report on the state of the world around them, they give the same answer this year as they did last year, even while they say, It's worse this year than it was last year. Okay, I guess if I were to ask certain among us, what were the halcyon days of the, you know, if we're making America, I didn't want to make this political, but I I have to in this instance. If we're seeking to make America great again, then when was America great? I think many people look at Leave it to Beaver in the 1950s, right? So my question, my question for you is in the 50s, did they say, damn, in the 30s, it was great. People were so damn <laughs> yes. nice to each other. Yes, uh, they do. In fact, the earliest data we have goes to 1949. Uh, do you think the human race is getting better or worse in the standpoint of moral conduct? And people say, getting worse. And in fact, uh, in other studies, when we ask people, okay, rate how kind, honest, nice, and good people are today. What about the year in which you were 20? What about the year in which you were born? And now 20 years before that and 40 years before that. And what we find is no matter when people were born, they say that things started to get worse after they were born. Um, So things are good and stable before the year of their birth, and it's only after that that they report things getting worse and worse. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, And, of course, older people do this, younger people do this, which suggests that people are saying things were fine until I got here. You know, that really floors me because I I know that I'm very nostalgic and I I tend to reflect on my own life and and think about my childhood of being these these extraordinary years. I would have thought that people similarly looked at their first years on the planet, not the years before they got here, as being the golden age, whatever that might be. Yeah, you might think is people are generally nice to you when you're a child. If you cry, they take care of you. Uh, Eat cake. Yeah. Uh, but we even find that, that uh, so people do think that people are less kind than when they were children, but they even think that people are less kind today than they were four years ago. So people think that this has been happening their whole lives and that it's still happening today. So there's not some big inflection point from uh, when people go from children to adults. They think it's a continuous trend as long as they've been on Earth. Okay, but now I find myself saying, yeah, but in the last couple of years, it really has gotten vicious because of the political (laughs) divide, no matter who you blame. So, like, I I can accept what Dr. Adam Mastriani is saying, but not for the last couple of years, because there really has been a moral decline. Yes, and I think people would have said that whenever we asked them. So uh, the outrages of yesteryear feel less outrageous today, but at the time, they were pretty outrageous. Uh, I mean, when I was uh, when I was 12, we were invading Iraq. Um, 
that was a huge deal. And I would argue a huger deal than a lot that, that's happened in, in the past four years. And I think people at the time uh, would have had a very good account that, man, we're, we're, all these civilians are dying at the hands of Americans. This is really the low point. But, uh, but people always feel like the current point is, is the low point. In fact, there's some surveys where they ask people, like, what's the most important thing that's happened in American history in your lifetime? And people have this bias toward naming something that's happened very recently. Because it always seems like the things that, ha- that are happening now are the most important things. Because right. they're still uncertain. They haven't been figured out. And they affect you right now. Uh, whereas all the stuff that happened 10 years ago just doesn't feel that bad anymore. Hmm. I'm just trying to think if you ask that question of me, I would probably still say 9-11, which which now has been two decades. OK, so so the premise here, the premise here is that you say this is all an illusion of decline. Then from a psychological standpoint, what explains the phenomena? If you're right and this is always the way people are are commenting and acting and feeling, then what explains why we do that? So there could be a lot of reasons, but we think two in particular are important. One is uh, what we call bias exposure. So people tend to pay attention to um, and are fed a lot of negative information about people that they don't know. The main thing you hear about people you don't know is that they're doing bad things. They're telling lies. Uh, they're killing one another. Uh, they're embezzling money. And so every day you look out on the world and it seems like people in general aren't that great. And then the second uh, factor is biased memory. And so uh, we know from memory research that the badness of bad memories fades faster than the goodness of good memories. So um, if you got turned down for your high school prom, feels pretty bad at the time. But 20 years later, it's probably a funny story or it certainly doesn't feel as bad. If you have a great high school prom 20 years later, it's probably still a nice memory. And that's true for what happens to memories on average. So if you put together those two cognitive biases, you can get this phenomenon where every day the world looks bad, but every day it feels like yesterday wasn't as bad. But yesterday was just the same as today. Wait a minute. I, I'm confused. Am I remembering the one who turned me down for the prom or, or the one I went home with? I mean, <laughs> I mean, figuratively speaking. Uh, sometimes they're the same person. Uh, <laughs> so it's the, uh, it's the bad memory that fades faster. Um, so whichever one of those was bad, that's the one that uh, turns uh, better over time. What should we be doing with this this newfound wisdom that you've imparted to us? Like, how should this change our outlook going forward? I think two things. One is that we know that this is a claim that leaders throughout history have used mm. to justify uh, their rise to power and their hold on to power. Right. And I think we should feel really skeptical when we hear this because it's a very old story. Hey, things used to be really good. Now they're bad. I can make them good again. Uh, you should say, thank you. Uh, I'm hearing this than Caesar Augustus. Um, you're going to have to give me something better than that. The second thing I think we should do is feel a little more humble about our ability to know what the past was like, um, that it's so easy to feel like we know how the present was different from the past because there's no signal that our minds give us that we don't have all the information that we need. If you ask me what it was like in the 90s, all these images come flooding into my head and go, oh, yeah, there were cartoons on TV and people wore colorful jackets and Bill Clinton was the president. What I really know is what my little sliver of experience was like in the 90s, which is not indicative of all of what it was like to be a human in the 1990s. To figure out what it was actually like to be a human in the 1990s is a huge empirical question that requires a lot of evidence. And without that evidence, you really can't make a claim about it. You've given a thoughts to think about. Can I say that from experimentalhistory.com, the short version of your dissertation has been published, and I've linked to it in all my social media because I think it's fascinating. And I really applaud you for uh, 
uh, writing it and your willingness to come by and discuss it. So thank you for that. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Dr. Adam Mastriani, ladies and gentlemen, an experimental psychologist, author of the science blog Experimental History. He writes, uh, we collected 235 surveys with over 574,000 responses total and found that overwhelmingly people believe that humans are less kind, less honest, less ethical and moral today than they were in the past. People have believed in this moral decline at least since pollsters started asking about it in 1949. They believe in every single country that has ever been surveyed, 59 and counting. They believe that it's happening their whole lives, and they believe it's still happening today. Respondents of all sorts, young and old, liberal and conservative, white and black, consistently agreed the golden age of human kindness is long gone. Well, maybe not. What do you think? Call me. I love this subject. Are things as bad as we think that they are? And are we looking? And by the way, if things were really great, when were things really great? I've always, I confess, I've always had this idyllic vision of Southern California in the mid to late 50s. It's just like, yeah, that, you know, that that's when it was all going on. I don't know, even what I'm thinking of. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Little Beach Boys from the uh, the 60s, that golden era I was thinking of. The good old days. The Supreme Court uh, will not be handing down, it would seem, the affirmative action decision. They did just give the Biden administration a victory relative to immigration policy. I don't know that there's much surprise in terms when we do get the affirmative action opinion, but it appears it will be next week, not this week. Mark, you're in Florence, Kentucky. When were the good old days? Right now, Michael, uh, with I'm 56 years old, and without a doubt, that's a myth that things were better uh, any time in the past. And I just want to say, too, this new generation, I don't know if they're called Z or what they are, but I'll say age say 15 to 30, the best this country has ever seen. I mean, I know it's just anecdotal, but I love them. I meet these nice kids all over from the gym and at fast food restaurants, wherever. The best ever, Michael, right now. Do you, you buy in, obviously, to what you heard from my guests that, you know, we get tricked into thinking that everything is now worse today than it was before. Absolutely, Michael. And I'll just say one quick thing. When I went to a play at a local high school here, a kind of a rural area, and I had to notice they had two, a couple cats walking around. And I asked a couple girls that worked, uh, that were, went, obviously went to school there, and I said, I was wondering about them, you know, just kind of concerned for the welfare. She said, oh, yeah, you know, we have a couple campus cats here. And I thought hmm. to myself, you know what, there's not any way. And it's in the rural part of northern Kentucky. I thought there's not any way. That in my high school, two cats could have ever survived it. They would have been they would have been tortured, mistreated in every kind of way. Hey, and much less to even speak about the as tolerant as this new generation is of someone's sexual preference. No, they're they're the in my mind they're the greatest there's ever been. I, I love them. Mark, thank you for that. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Peter, standing by in Newark, New Jersey. Hi, Peter. Hey, Michael, how are you? Oh, good. I just wanted to remind your audience about the show All in the Family theme song was Those Were the Days. I think it was written in 1968, and it harkens to exactly what you're talking about. Right. Even even then, Archie sitting there with Edith playing the piano, singing about the good old days, for example. Yeah, it's true. The whole theme of that song was exactly that. Uh, Jeff Lexington, Kentucky. Hi. Hey, Michael. How are you today? All good, sir. You know, I, I want to disagree with the guy who said that this generation was the best generation. I mean, I don't know where this guy lives, but these are the laziest kids. They want you to give them everything. I mean, they don't want to work. But, but. But I think that that today is a lot better than than yesteryears, and uh, and and I believe that because of myself, I lived in Lex. I live in Lexington, Kentucky, and he, right he by downtown, the way, he was also biggest, from Ken- he was also from Kentucky. Yeah, just so you know, from Northern Kentucky. Yeah, right. And, yeah, one one of the biggest slave trader trade places were downtown Lexington, and uh, I, I work for a great company. I live in a great town. Nobody's calling me the N word. Nobody's calling me boy. My my parents grew up in the 30s and 40s. My 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 relatives came back from World War II. They were second class citizens. I, I do think that things have changed, but I think on the other other end things are are bad. 
But what I'm fascinated about Americans most of all is they don't know their American history. You know, foreigner people from other places that come here know more about American history than Americans. Well, I think that's there true. There was never a place that it was great. It has never th- been perfect. It has always been uh, issues going on with people in this country. I've made I've made the point that most Americans who have their citizenship by virtue of birth here couldn't pass the the naturalization exam that we give to those who were not born here and have to go through the process. I agree with that. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the the flip side of the coin from the from the same state. Uh, Chris is standing by in Minneapolis. Go ahead, Chris. You're going to make a point I think I'm going to agree with. So I think the problem is a lot of it is the media, all media, in that we tend to look for things like carjackings and murders and the only time that we ever see, you know, politics explained usually isn't down the middle, but it's usually from somebody who's trying to convince us someone else mm. did bad things, mm-hmm. that there's bad things everywhere. There's a deep state. There are conspiracies. They're lying to you. And when you're inundated with that much media, it creates a constant sense of anxiety. And we've done it to ourselves because it entertains us. So I'm not sure how you get out of that, but that's why I think it's in every country, because all of the media has realized that's what people want. They want to buy that. Okay, but when so they I, buy that, it gives yeah. them this illusion that everything is bad all the time. I was going to make a slightly different point, which is that when you have, when you have media outlets that, that exist 24-7, unlike an evening newscast that's 30 minutes long, you got to feed that beast, and, and you cannot hold people's attention. This kind of re- relates to what we were talking about with... Uh, the Titan going down to the Titanic in the first hour of the program. You cannot hold people's attention with good news. I, I will hear from people from time to time and say, well, why does the media tell us more uplifting stories? The answer, because you're not going to be watching as long as you would be watching the story that'll scare you to death. It's like when there's a child abduction and it gets run on a loop and then it throws people's perception off as to how safe their kids may or may not be. So I agree right. that the media plays a role in us thinking that everything today is worse because we're bombarded with bad news. Yeah, um, and it's to to go back to your point. Um, the the cable channels in particular, um, it's it's not just that it's bad. It's we're going to tell you who to blame, and people need problems to solve. We're addicted to having problems. That's why we remember them so much better than solutions, because yeah. that's, well, that's when the universe told us yes. no. That's the polarization aspect of it, That's uh, which is valid. I mean, your point is a, is a great point. I make it myself all the all the time. Is, is everything worse today? When were the good old days? Let me just look at those lyrics. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like me, we had it made. Those were the days. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulled his weight. G.R. Old LaSalle, that's a car, ran great. And you knew who you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. Mr. We Could Use a Man Like Herbert Hoover again. People seemed to be content. $50 paid the rent. Freaks were in a circus tent. I don't know that... I don't know that we got the whole song in the All in the Family intro, did we? Those were the days. Take a little Sunday. Yeah, I don't remember. I do not remember this part actually being on TV. Take a little Sunday spin. Go to watch the Dodgers win. Have yourself a dandy day that cost you under a fin. 
Hair was shortened, skirts were long. Kate Smith really sold a song. I don't know just what went wrong. Those were the days. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. My guest of a few moments ago, Adam Mastriani, writes, perhaps no political promise is more potent or universal than the vow to restore a golden age. From Caesar Augustus to the Medici's Adolf Hitler, from President Xi Jinping of China, President Bang Bang Marcos of the Philippines to Donald Trump's Make America Again and Joe Biden's America is Back, leaders have gained power by vowing a return to the good old days. What these political myths have in common is an understanding that the golden age is definitely not right now. Maybe we've been changing from angels into demons for centuries, and people have only now noticed the horns sprouting on their neighbors' foreheads, but I believe there's a bug, a set of cognitive biases in people's brains that causes them to perceive a fall from grace even when it hasn't happened. And he defends that view and if you look in this morning's newsletter at smirconish.com or posted right now on the website, you will find the short version of his dissertation. In other words, he earned a Ph.D. writing, researching and thinking about exactly this issue. Mary, you're in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Greetings. What did you most want to say? Michael, I just want to say um, I consider the um, the 
the explosion in public profanity, certainly that I hear around here in Southern Illinois, I can't go anywhere without hearing the F-bomb. Um, I see foul uh, language on bumper stickers, on T-shirts. Um, I consider that a, a decline in manners and a real increase in rudeness and coarseness. Okay, so in, um, in that area, decline. in that area, you say things have gotten worse. I believe so, yes. Well, I mean, if I look at my own behavior, <clears throat> I think my language has gotten worse over the year. I don't, I don't know, by the way, if any of this applies to you. So um, oh, do I think the language... Has, I mean, I'm surrounded by it, you know, right. at work. Right. Um, you know, I, I work with a lot of younger people, but um, it has rubbed off on me a little bit. And I, I need to be aware of it when I'm around my grandkids. I mean, right. I don't know. I just feel like we're, you know, it's just heading down. I hear you. Okay, by that barometer, I, I would think that at least my experience says that Mary's correct. Damon, you're in California. Greetings. What did you want to say? Hey, Michael, first time callers is great. You know, I'm a little bit, little bit on the lighter side. This topic reminds me of Woody Allen's movie, uh, Midnight in Paris. You know, Owen Wilson, he's living in the 90s or 2000s. He thinks the 20s in Paris is the best. He meets yes. a gal. She thinks she thinks the, uh, you know, the golden age was uh, the, the well, I forget what they call it, in 1880s Paris. They meet a guy who thinks the 1600s is the best. It just goes on and on. So It's been a while since I've topic reminded me of. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember loving it at the time. It's a good reference statement. Thanks for that. Dennis, standing by in Virginia. Hi, Dennis. Oh, hi. How are you, Michael? I just wanted to share a quick experience I had with you this morning. Uh My wife and I had dinner last night at a restaurant, and uh, I realized this morning I left my hat at the restaurant. So I went over there about 8 a.m., and, of course, it was closed. I was knocking on the door. And a nice lady walked by and said, they don't open till about 11. Can I help you with something? And I explained I left my hat there. And she said, well, I'll come back down here about noon. And if it's there, I'll mail it to you. Hmm. And uh, so I gave her my address. And, you know, it made my day. And uh, it's times like that. If you have more good days than bad days. I'm 74. Fortunately, I had more good days. But uh, it just, it just uh, makes you want to pay it forward. And more people the, should do that, I believe. It's funny how that kind of an act of kindness stands out because it seems so it rare, does. right? When people will go the extra it mile sure of, doing, of doing things that everybody ought to do. They, 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 you, you would think right. that that would, be, that would be the norm, not the exception. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate it. New York City is where Paul is standing by. Hi, Paul. Hi, Mike. How are you today? I'm well. Um, uh, two, a two-parter, Michael. First, I disagree with Mary. Um, I have a house in the heart of the South Bronx, and I also have a house in Sparta, New Jersey. And I really, and I have a 17-year-old son who's listening right now, and we don't hear a lot of uh, cursing uh, as much as when I was a teenager. Uh, that's one point. My other point is um, the media is always talking about hate, uh, racism, how we hate each other. And you know what? As I go along uh, my daily chores, um, people seem to be nice to each other. I don't see that uh, hate that the media uh, continues to uh, perpetrate. And I'm saying, you know what? Live and let live. And um, I well, don't you're see agreeing. Okay, so you're agreeing. Things. 
you're agreeing with my guest, my, my guest who says don't yes. get tricked into thinking everything is worse yes, because sir. it's not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that the media sometimes uh, goes a little bit overboard and it's just not so. I live in Sparta. It's predominantly uh, Caucasian, right? I don't see any hate. And I'm a person of color. You know, I'm, I'm a, a Latino. And uh, I live in the South Bronx. Everybody's black and Latino there. Got and it. I don't hear anybody uh, uh, calling anybody names and stuff like that. So, you know what? Let's just be nice to each other. You know, this, All right, Paul. I'm, I'm a, for that. A, a problem. A little kindness. Thank you, thank, thank you, thank you so Paul. Appreciate it. Uh, Andre, St. Louis, Missouri. Hi. Hey, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, I totally agree with your uh, your guests. And uh, it's funny. Every once in a while, you'll see Facebook posts in your friends group, and they they reminisce about the good old days. And I I remember being in my twenties, and I wrote a short paper on the good old days as being now. And uh, you know we. We're in a much better place economically. I mean, our cars are better. We have better health care. We have nicer homes. And, you know, being African-American, growing up in your town, Philly, our town, you know, it's, I've, and being, you know, retired now, and I, I, it's, that's just people reminiscing. And I think, generally speaking, like your last caller said, people are generally friendly, and we have our moments, but uh, we're in a much better place all around. And, uh, there's, a, there's, an, there's an academic at, uh, thank you, Andre, at Harvard named Steven Pinker, and he's written books on this subject saying that we're also fortunate because we're living at the most advanced stage of uh, human development, surrounded by more luxury and comfort and creature comforts, I guess I should say, than at any other point. We're not hunter gatherers. You know, we're arguing over the size in many respects of our flat screens and with a lot of data, he says, despite the impression you might feel, I should have referenced this with my guest, but we're, we're in, as a society, a better position than we've, we've ever been. This, this is the time when you'd most want to be born on the planet Earth, wherever you might be. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.